on Radio Veritas with Father Tabo, and we have Father Russell uh, on the line. Good afternoon, Father Russell, and welcome to Changing Gear this afternoon. Good afternoon, Father Tabo. Thank you. Thank you for standing in for me last week. You're very welcome. Indeed. I'm sure they're, very, I'm sure they're happy to have you back <laughs> well, uh, after having to listen to me. Oh, yes, trust me, they, they want you back. But be that as it may, I won't allow them because really, <laughs> it's my platform. <laughs> be that as it may. The state of the nation address has been postponed. And you were, you were heading to Cape Town. I was indeed. Oh, my Lord. Are you still going? <laughs> so very interestingly, yes, that uh, you know, the state of the nation has been postponed. We heard that uh, the Speaker of Parliament, Baleka Mbete, announced this afternoon. I mean, she's been under a lot of pressure, it seems, from opposition parties. Mm. Uh, we know that on Monday they sent her a letter. Bantuolomisa signed that letter. It was uh, from a coalition of parties. They actually threatened court ac- uh, action uh, to uh, stop the state of the nation. Uh, today, now after the, the meeting of the, of the head of the, uh, the parliamentary uh, uh, administration, they decided to uh, postpone the state of the nation. Um, but one gets the feeling that, you know, this is more about the ANC and the ANC mm. to buy time to sort out uh, their, their own problems than what it is really about what the opposition parties wanted. Because we know before when the ANC have wanted something, no matter what the opposition parties have said, the ANC has made sure that, they, that they've they done that. they heels, yes, yes. But now, in this instance, um, if it is the ANC, as you may say, trying to buy time... Um, uh, to fix or to clean their house and get the house of South Africa in order. Um, is there a light at the end of the tunnel for the country with, in, with the current uh, situation of the president well, still in power, doesn't want to let go? Yeah, I mean, it seems if he doesn't want to let go. I mean, I, I notice now that some people, I mean, even the leader of the EFS, Julius Malema, are saying that he's expecting Zuma to uh, resign in the next couple of hours. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure, but, you know, he sometimes gets it right, and he's obviously got inside information. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that, you know, you can't have somebody who there's a big question mark about whether they're going to actually be president in a week or 10 days' yes. time during the state of the nation. If you think of what the state of the nation is, yes. that you have, you know, uh, you have the police out, you have parades, you've got the army, you've got the gun salute, the singing of the national mm-hmm. anthem. I mean, this is not really about... Uh, parliament per se, but it's, it's kind of a moment of pride in the nation. Absolutely. And for someone like Zuma to be standing there uh, when people are saying, you know, he's not going to be there next week mm. with his hand on his heart singing the national anthem, this mm. kind of thing. I mean, you know, is this re- what, what symbolically, what does that say? And I think the other problem for the ANC is that they do know, because they've made it quite clear, that opposition parties like the EFF intend to uh, disrupt um the state of the nation. Uh, Malema was saying yesterday that what they would do is before the state of the nation start, they would demand that there was a vote of no More confidence, confidence yes. in the president. And so I think it puts the ANC in a very difficult position because they divided amongst themselves. So, you know, they don't want, I, I get the feeling as well that for people in the ANC who've got to sit in those benches to mm. watch this kind of commotion unfold, uh, the ANC, really. uh, they can't deal with the president. And, and, and how do they defend him if these kinds of things happen? In the past, we've seen how they have defended him. But how do they defend him now if they're so divided amongst themselves? So in some ways, it, it's an embarrassment as well for, for, the, for the ANC. And, and so given the ANC is also in a vulnerable state at the moment. The ANC is in a vulnerable state at the moment. They couldn't afford that. Exactly. Exactly. 
and you know, and I think, and I think that vulnerability is is amplified mm. because of the fact that you have a situation where uh, you know they can't be sure amongst themselves anymore who supports Zuma and who doesn't. I mean, a year or so ago, it was quite clear that the majority of people sitting in those benches were willing to back Zuma. There's been a lot of people that have changed sides. There's a lot of people that are not saying anything. It could go either way. So I think they know it's a risky, risky recipe for them to uh, let it go ahead mm. because they are so vulnerable, as you say. And what fascinates me is the fact that it's not a, it would not have been the first time that the EFF uh, disrupts the state of the nation address. Uh, but w- what makes it, as you say, what makes it more special this time that eventually it leads to the Speaker of Parliament and also those responsible for the administration of Parliament to postpone it this time? Uh, whereas before, I mean, um, they were, they couldn't, I mean, they were not bothered. They were concerned, but they were, they, they really stuck their, their, their heels on the ground. And at the same time, uh, we heard that uh, from uh, Tandi Mudise, uh, the Speaker for the uh, House of, of uh, Provinces, and also also the, the Speaker of Parliament saying that they went to the President to, to ask him to postpone it. And he himself, we are told, was writing to the, to, to, to the, House of, uh, to the Speaker of the House to postpone the State of the Nation address. Yes, I mean, exactly. And you see, so there's another twist to it. I mean, is, is Zuma himself going to try and take the credit now for postponing this when we know that the pressures really come from people within the ANC and even, uh, uh, you know, a, a sort of pressure from outside of the ANC? So, you know, I mean, some people are saying this is a kind of spin doctor thing now that Zuma's taking the credit for, mm. for moving the state to the nation. However, whether it was Zuma or whether it was, um, you know, whether it was Balekum Bete, whether, you know, whoever this was, I mean, the fact of the matter, in a way, it seems to me they're admitting that they themselves are in no state mm. to have the state of the nation because of the political instability or unsurety at the moment. There's also that NEC meeting which is going to take place uh, uh, tomorrow evening in yes. Cape Town, uh, which is the eve before the state of the nation. Um, so if they did decide to recall Zuma, and Zuma, for example, did agree to go, uh, they wouldn't even have enough time to, to swear in uh, somebody else uh, as president. So Ramaphosa would take over, but Parliament would have to meet, and they would so have to affirm somebody, and then the person would have to be sworn in. So, I mean, I think also they know the time is not on their side. Mm. So it seems to me that, that by not having it, there's also an admission that there's vulnerability, there's mm. a mess, this is not mm. going to go well. Uh, they, they're thinking as well of, of, of maybe what international people are going to say, because... You know, the state of the nation for the last two or three years has been something that has drawn attention from all over the world because of the things that have happened at the state of the nation. Um, and, uh, you know, one does not assume that internally in the ANC themselves, mm. there's a real sense of we don't actually know what we want to do or where we want yes. to go. We've, we've, we've got to ourselves line our ducks so that we... So that we 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 know what we're moving towards. And youth, a cat has nine lives, and Zuma has survived nine lives. I mean, is this the end? Well, you know, I mean, that's what everybody seems to be saying. I'm I'm I I don't want to uh, predict whether it's the end or not. You know, I think Zuma. You know, people will say things about Zuma, and they'll say, you know, uh, you know that Zuma is is not a smart guy and so forth. I, I mean, it seems to me that you know. He's in the, in the South African political eh? scene, Zuma has been one of the most astute, yeah, smartest politicians Absolutely. that we've seen in a long time. I mean, he's outplayed how many people? Mm. Uh, mm. You know, 
he might still find a way of outplaying people and getting what he wants out of this. Maybe he won't be president, but he'll get something out of it that he wants. So I think, um, you know, we, we have to we have to be uh, very cautious to think that uh, Zuma is just going to be defeated. I mean, he's just not that kind of guy. I mean, mm. Zuma, Zuma has has outplayed, you know, many people many times. I mean, he, mm. even at times has outplayed people in the legal profession and some other things mm. that he's done. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> no, don't, uh, don't be too sure that it's the end of Zuma. Uh, it might be, it might not be. Um, I don't see how he can stay on as president at the moment. It yeah. seems to me that that's pretty much, uh, uh, you know, hangs in the balance. But, yeah, I'm not so sure that he's just going to disappear. So for now, we keep those champagnes iced, on ice, rather. We don't have to really start popping them. I would say wait a few <laughs> days before you pop them. And I would also, and I also would caution to say, you know, uh, and, I, and I think this is a really big danger. Mm. Uh, we are, we in this country, maybe I'm talking about Zuma going, Zuma going, Zuma going, and then everything's mm. going to be rosy again. It won't be, actually. I, it's a long cannot, way hang all the problems of this country on one man. And in as much as he has been responsible for a number of things that maybe we we wouldn't or we definitely didn't want to happen, I I want to caution the fact that Zuma going means that everything's suddenly going to come right and that Sorum opposes some sort of, uh, you know, He's no angel himself. Because I, I think we have to be very careful about that. Mm. And I mean, whilst I still, we still have a minute, I just want to ask you that, remember the, the homily of uh, Bishop Sipuka at the, at, the, at the closing mass of the Bishop's Conference when he mentioned that we, uh, we, sh- that we as a church should stop uh, bashing uh, the president or everything, everyone bashing Jacob Zuma about it. Um, <laughs> the man on the street has a different opinion. And on Spotlight, obviously, that uh, article of the homily was carried. And uh, what do we say now that, I mean, uh, how do we tell the people of God to say, yes, as you say, it's not one man's problem. It's a collective, as the ANC says, it's a collective problem. And the bishops are asking us to stop bashing uh, the president. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I mean, so Fuka says, we need to be very careful where we have, once again, aligned everything and said every single political problem in this country is because mm-hmm. of Jacob Zuma. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, uh, Zuma bashing has become the kind of narrative of the country. Mm-hmm. There are many other challenges that face this country. Mm-hmm. And because we're so busy Zuma bashing, we've lost uh, a sense of what those other challenges are. And I, and I think that is true. I mean, Absolutely. you know, so one of the things the bishops discussed, for example, at their recent plenary in depth was the issue of racism. Yes. You know, uh, racism is not a problem that that, that, that rolled out from, from Jacob Zuma. Mm. I mean, the corruption mm. in corporate life in this country, it's not uh, which stretches him, back yeah. way into, uh, you know, into apartheid yes. times, where there's always been this kind of corrupt relationship mm. between government and 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 the corporate, there was that uh, book that was written I, uh, about um, uh, man, uh, apartheid guns and money, and, yes, you know. Yes. So, and, and you know, so if we, if you know, if we want a society that that is kind of moral and that is and that is for the common good, mm. we have to recognise that those kinds of issues are major elephants in the room that need to be dealt with. It's mm. easy to bash government, mm. and we all do that very well about mm. corruption, yes. but McKinsey. KPMG, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yes. some of the banks have proved to us that in a corporate life of this country, mm-hmm. there's also massive corruption. And we can't yes. blame uh, Zuma Zoom for that. that yes, so yes, to keep yes. a balance of perspective. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. Thank you, Father Russell. Thank you so much. Uh, you might as well go to Cape Town, carry with you your 50 liters of water, 
as you go to Cape Town, regardless of the postponement of sauna, take that just that day to Cape Town with 50 liters of water. I think I'd rather stay at home and pray for them that they would have rain. That might be a better use of my time. <laughs> Thank you so much indeed. Thanks, it was good having okay. you, Father Russell. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you then. That was Father Russell Pollitt from the Jesuit Institute. We are talking about, we're getting his reaction on the postponement of the State of the Nation address. 27 minutes after the hour 4 here on Radio Veritas, the good news for the